God's heart for the lost. Children are making hearts this morning. They're making heart-shaped models. God has a real heart for the lost. He has a heart for people. This week I went on a train journey. Uh, it was a fine train journey. It all worked fairly well. That's pretty good going, isn't it? But afterwards I got an email. Do you ever, you know, you can't seem to do anything these days without a survey comes in. You know, and this survey comes in and the title of the email says, we will not be happy till we know that you are happy. I now have this nightmare that there's a man or a woman in an office who is deeply, deeply upset. They're still not happy because I've still not filled the survey in. Because they will not be happy until they know that I am happy. And I looked at the survey and I thought, it's just too much. I haven't got time. I'll tell you something about God. God will not be content until all the lost are found. God will not be content until the gospel reaches out to all people. Because God loved the world so much. God loved you so much. He gave his only son. He loves you. Do you feel loved today? You might be going through that, I'm not worth it. Well, we're going to come to that in a bit in this talk. But first, I'm going to encourage Jan to come up. And uh, Jan is uh, one of the ministers of this church. You, you particularly reach out to a group of people. We don't see them around us because actually a lot of what they're doing is hidden. Tell us a bit, a bit about the people you meet the people the church is reaching through your ministries? One of the groups I have the privilege of working with are the adoption group. And we have uh, a number of adopters and children um, and also foster carers who bring children along. And they're children who absolutely know what it feels like to be alone and to have been taken from whatever situation, good or bad, well, bad normally, but they're taken away and they're children who have really been injured and lost. In our country today, we have more than 87,000 children who are in care. Of those, only 52,000 have um, a foster carer looking after them. So that's a lot of children who are in homes there are 6,000 children every year needing to be adopted. These children aren't straightforward. They've been injured. They've been emotionally hurt. There's uh, an understanding that these children, even if they're taken at birth and placed into a loving family, they carry this internal scar around with them through life. And that internal scar 
expresses itself in many different ways. And so we have a real privilege here at this church of being able to support the children and the families who have adopted them to, um, to get through life together because life is challenging and life is hard. Well, thank you, Jan, for that. God loves his children. How can we pray for them? I think there's a number of things that we can do as a church. I think one of the biggest things we can do is to pray. Pray for those children this Christmas. I don't know if you've seen the John Lewis advert. It made me cry. But those children who are in care this Christmas, who are without their own families, pray for those children. Pray that this Christmas that they might know love surrounding them, that they might be in a place that's safe sounds so basic but actually these children need to be safe and they need to know that they're loved pray for the foster carers because it is not an easy job pray that they have compassion and love and care maybe it's something god might be speaking to you about to respond to to make a difference pray for adopters who have taken in children and of loving what they're doing but the life is not straightforward and it's not easy pray for the families that we're in touch with. We will be running an adoption party with Havering, uh, Adopt London East, uh, in a few weeks' time. And we'll probably have 70 adults and children at that party if last year was anything to go by. Just pray that somehow, as they walk in this building, that each one of them might know that they are loved, that they might know God's love as they enter this place, and that... God would use the team that we have here to bring blessing to these families. Thank you, Jan. Let's just pray now. Lord, we know the truth that you love. You really love everyone. But Lord, we confess we've broken your world and many people have been broken. Lord, we pray for Jan and her ministries with those who are adopters and with the adoptees. And Lord, we pray that as they feel deep, deep love of people who have no agenda other than to love, that they will know your healing. And Lord, we pray for those in this area who have been adopted or are waiting to be adopted or fostered, those who want someone just to love them, Lord, we pray that your loving hand will be upon them. And Lord, if you call anyone here to be a foster parent or an adopter, Lord, may you speak into their lives today. Lord, as we look at your world and see the mess we've made of the environment, we do pray for the end of the COP conference that we will make a better world for the next generation. Lord, we pray for all those children who are displaced by Ukrainian wars. We pray for all those families who are fearful are they going to have enough heat and to eat this Christmas, this winter. Lord, we pray for the most vulnerable in our society. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jan. It's so important to remember God's love for the lost. And we are called to show God's love. In this series of services that we've been doing, Church But Unchanged, I want to ask the question, do we, because we know God, seek to change the world around us, seek to reach the lost and those who are needing? God paid the cost for the lost. The Bible says these words in Romans chapter 5. But God demonstrates his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe as parents, we've been through that cycle of, I will do something when you behave yourself. Have you ever heard that said as a child? Maybe you've said it. You're not going to get any tea until you behave yourself. If you don't behave yourself, no telly. God didn't do that. God didn't say, when you behave yourself, I will die for you and I will give you salvation. No. The Bible says, while well, we're still far off. While we were still misbehaving, Christ died for us. And Christ calls each one of us who know him to share this message. The trouble is sharing the message of Jesus sometimes can be scary, can't it? Sometimes it can be scary to talk about Jesus because you know, in this time, in this world, it's not politically correct to do. But it's the greatest measure message we have. We have the greatest message for the world. The message of God's love and new beginnings. The greatest message, yet often it becomes the world's best kept secret. Let me briefly say, what's it mean to be lost? Can you imagine your life without Jesus? Can you imagine your life without Jesus being a part of it? Maybe you don't want to even imagine that. Maybe you can't imagine it. Let me just tell you something. That's what most of the world's life is like. Where they have no hope. They have no security. They're without Christ. They're without hope. And they have no eternity with Christ to look forward to. Maybe you're feeling lost today. Maybe you don't have that assurance that God loves you. Maybe you don't have that assurance that you have Christ as part of your life. Maybe you don't have that assurance today that your eternity is secure. Let me just tell you, today, today, you can accept Jesus Christ yourself. Because the message of the Bible is very simple. It's not when we are good enough that God will love us. God loves us now. 
It's not when we've got time God will love us. God loves us anyway. And God says to you, right now, I love you. And all we need to do, if we want Jesus to be a part of our life, is simply to say, Lord, I accept you. Come and be part of my life. I'm sorry I've got things wrong in the past, but I want to live now for you. And if you do that simple thing, God will move into your life and help you to live going forward. Because God doesn't want any of us to be lost. In the reading that Hannah read to us so beautifully, it talked about going to all the world. If you look at that in the Greek, it says to all people groups and tell them of the love of Christ. It talks about making disciples. These key words of Jesus, which are repeated in Acts chapter 1, if you want to find Luke's version of them, in Acts chapter 1, is a call upon his disciples to go and make Jesus known. And we're each one of us called to make Jesus known. In fact, Paul, writing to the Romans, says these words, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the one whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one if they have not heard? How can they hear unless someone preaches? And how can they preach if they're not sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. Let me just tell you, I'm not a fan of feet. Being a foot person, a pedologist, or whatever they're called, chiropractor. No, they're not chiropractor, chiropodist. It's in there somewhere. It's not my calling. Okay. And many of us probably will think that. But God talks about how beautiful are the feet. How faithful are those who tell the good news of Christ. And so we need to step out in faith so that the seeds that we plant can, God can use. Which means witnessing and telling about the love of God. Praying for people for healing that God's power can be shown. And working in signs and wonders. But the Bible is that we need to do far more than that. It's not about making just believers. It's about creating disciples. It's about being disciples for Jesus. Being different in the way we live. Learning to become more Christ-like. And maybe today God is calling you to move from being a believer to becoming a disciple. 
to move from somebody who just says, yes, I know Jesus, to one who truly follows Jesus all through our lives. And then it talks about baptizing them. We had a baptismal service here a few weeks ago, didn't we, where we celebrated people who had come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And maybe God's calling you to take that next step to becoming a baptized believer. But God longs for the whole world to know. But there's a cost. We don't like cost, do we? We don't like cost. We like everything to be free. But there's a cost. In the Bible, in Luke's Gospel, Jesus tells a story of a lost sheep. You know this story, don't you? Talks about a shepherd who was counting his sheep at night, and there were, he meant to have a hundred sheep, which is a lovely round number. But when he counted them, and there was only 99. And so he left the 99 to go and reach, find the one. And very often in church life, we want everything to be about us who belong. But God's heart is for those who don't belong as well. And sometimes we've got to sacrifice what we are to reach the lost, to reach those who don't yet belong. And so there's a cost there's a cost to go. There's a cost to investing in our mission, in our evangelize. There's a cost to prioritizing, to take our message for those who are lost. But there's also good news. Because the good news is simply, when someone responds, there's joy. Who likes a party? Yeah, some. Who hates parties? Yeah, there's some. I don't like them. But it talks about when somebody becomes a Christian, there's an absolute party in heaven. Because our Father, our Heavenly Father, loved that person who was lost. And our Heavenly Father longed for that person to come to, into a living relationship with Jesus. And I want to ask you the question right now. Do you long to have that relationship with Jesus? And maybe you've been coming to this church for months or years and you've never actually made a commitment. You like to sit on the edge, but you've longed to actually make that commitment. Well, maybe today is the day you make a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe today you will choose to follow. Maybe today God's calling you to step out and be 
somebody who will witness to him. Maybe God's been talking to you over the last few weeks or months about actually getting involved in sharing your faith and you're scared. Or maybe today's the day you take that step. Maybe you've been putting off baptism because you see how much water is involved. You think, I'm not sure I want to do that. But Jesus keeps coming back to you and says, today, make that commitment. Well, today, I pray we will make that commitment. <coughs> you see, God loves you. And he also loves the lost. He loves those who walk in past this building not knowing what's going on inside. God loves all those who want to scoff the church and scoff him. God loves. And God loves us so much he wants to use us his glory but you might say but Lord I'm scared I'm scared to take a step what if I get it wrong how often have we said that I won't do anything in case I get it wrong and we miss the opportunity of receiving the blessing of what God is doing and so I want to invite you today to commit to getting it right. And in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. And I want us to overcome our fear, recognizing God is with us. And maybe God is calling you to take that next step, whatever it is. And I invite you, if God's calling you to take a step, to come towards the front as we're singing. There'll be people who will pray with you. Come to the front and take that next step, maybe to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Maybe to commit to getting baptized. Maybe it's today you're going to commit to taking that step. Maybe God's calling you to do something absolutely courageous. And maybe for somebody or couple, today God's call is that you will become a foster parent or an adopter, based upon what Jan said. And God spoke to you in that way. Whatever, however terrifying, today, Mark it by doing something courageous.